Hello there, yep. this is Coden. And this is Cassia. And welcome to the Evan Hawk, a podcast where we discuss the Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic games and proposed movie adaptations, as well as Star Wars news. This is episode six. This is where the fun begins. <laughs> recent in Star Wars news is Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. We thought it would be fun to contrast the beginning of Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order with KOTOR. So let's go back with a blast to the past and relive the opening to Knights of the Old Republic. It starts with a famous title crawl, you know, in every Star Wars movie you have a title crawl it begins in space and essentially it's a prologue to knights of the old republic but a very like right up against the intro to the story so it's like this is what just happened and then it leads you into the story of what's happening which is like the point of the title crawl like it's something that every star wars movie has but in every other movie, I kind of hate it because Star Wars is just kind of like, it's meant to be a good, bad movie. It's like a B movie, you know, it's like Flash Gordon. It starts with like a title crawl recapping you on events and ends with cliffhangers sometimes, or it's just like a soap opera in space, you know. But whenever I see movies that have to like recap you on what's happening, before it like when i saw assassin's creed a few years back i when i saw like the wall of text when that movie started it just took me out of it but i think it was necessary for star wars later titled star wars a new hope because yeah it being the first film but also being the film in middle of a larger picture they did the title crawl to catch up on what the history of star wars was yeah, it's a whole new to, universe, you know? Right, and it brings you to the Ten of Four being chased down by the Imperial Star Destroyer. And so, like, I think it was definitely necessary for A New Hope, but the story between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back for that title crawl, that was an opportunity for maybe a, a film of what happened between the uh, destruction of the first Death Star to them hiding out on Hoth and being discovered. Yeah. I feel like with Star Wars films, though, like every title crawl, usually all the movies take place a few years after each other, so it kind of recaps you on everything. And it's it's brief. It's better than having characters say, so, Obi-Wan, the last time we met, we were at the Battle of Naboo and Qui-Gon, your master, died. Tell me about that, you know? It just kind of is a quick recap that gets you into the story as quickly as possible, listening to some epic John Williams music. But 
it it is interesting because when the last jedi began like the story takes place like a day after so i was kind of like i i didn't know if star wars episode 8 really needed one but the beginning opening crawl of knights of the old republic says four thousand years before the rise of the galactic empire the republic verges on collapse darth malik last surviving apprentice of the dark lord revan has unleashed an invincible sith armada upon an unsuspecting galaxy crushing all resistance Malik's war of conquest has left the Jedi Order scattered and vulnerable as countless knights fall in battle and many more swear allegiance to the new Sith Master. In the skies above the Outer Rim world of Terrace, a Jedi battle fleet engages the forces of Darth Malik in a desperate effort to halt the Sith galactic domination. So, that title crawl tells you a lot. It tells you that this is 4,000 years before anything you've ever known in Star Wars. And you know that Darth Malak is the bad guy. And you know that this is a period where there's a whole lot of Jedi and a whole lot of Sith. And they are fighting and trying to find find the way that they can be top dog in the galaxy, you know? And it tells you that you are above the world of Terrace and that Darth Malak is the one fighting you. So it tells you instantly you're on that battleship, the Endar Spire, and it tells you everything you need to know narratively. And then after the title crawl finishes, you awaken upon the Endar Spire. And you'd previously created your character. You were able to choose male or female. And you chose from the three different classes of scout, scoundrel, or soldier. And then you awaken and Trask Olgo comes in in his magnificent splendor. So when you meet Trask, you know, he, he essentially wakes you up and says that the Endar Spire is under attack. And he acts like a, a tutorial guide. And he teaches you how to open up boxes, how to find the loot, and equip the loot, and the weapons, the gear. And so that's basically you've taken your character class that you've created as the story gets started. And now you're selecting whether you're going to be... It it gives you two options. It gives you like a virus sword or it gives you like a, a blaster you just kind of pick whichever one you preference at the time yeah and if i were able to do a lot of things over again my first playthrough i wouldn't even bother with the blaster or getting those skills i would just worry about the vibro sword and preparing my character to be a jedi because you really don't need a blaster after you discover the force you know yeah, that's I learned that the hard way the first playthrough. So the first playthrough, I staggered all my abilities out to what I preferred to use. So it was kind of a mix between blaster and then when I got the lightsaber, I had to factor in abilities for the lightsaber and the force. And it spread my character pretty thin. So on my second playthrough, I knew that it was really tailored for you to be a Jedi or a Sith spoilers and so I ignored all the blaster commands and went straight for everything that had to do with the melee combat 
and the force later on. Yeah. So the Endar Spire tutorial, Trask helps you as you get acclimated to the kind of new fighting style for a Star Wars game. It's based on like Dungeons and Dragons. And so you have opportunities to use a blaster, a vibro sword, learn how to loot. You learn how to throw grenades. You learn how to fight people. And then narratively, you even see like a Sith fight a Jedi. And the Sith dies, but then the Jedi dies because of an explosion behind her. And on one playthrough, I actually had a glitch where it was showing the cutscene, but they weren't acting out the cutscene. They were just both injured, so... They're kind of just standing there injured, looking really worse for wear, like they're about to collapse. Um, so I had to restart that. <laughs> and then Trask ends up dying because Darth Malak's apprentice, Darth Bandon, appears and, he wa and Trask wants to protect you. So you can go protect Bastila and get off the Underspire and get to Terrace. So he sacrifices himself. So after... Kind of interacting with Trask a bit and fighting some Sith with him. You're now on your own and you navigate through the ship and you have the choice of like using a computer to kind of blow up something in a room so all the Sith die or you can reprogram a robot robot to go crazy so you get to learn how to use a computer and use spikes and manipulate droids and all that and then after you get through the ship you meet Cartho Nassi and he says we're the last two we need to get off the Endar Spire and then you leave the Endar Spire get onto the escape pod and you crash land onto Terrace. So that kind of covers how Coder uh, starts narratively. The Endar Spire, it just kind of teaches you a little bit of everything. It gives you an appetizer of like grenades, your swords, your blasters. You level up how to fight, how fighting works. It's turn for turn, med packs, and kind of throws you right into the world of Star Wars. One thing I wanted to add too is it's a pretty rare style of game mechanic because essentially the whole game is decided on a series of dice rolls. As you level up your skills, the higher the probability it is for you to succeed in a particular skill. So say you're going to swing your lightsaber or your vibrosword down on somebody, it'll essentially throw the dice and decide whether you're going to connect or not. And then if you connect, then you'll deal the damage. If you don't connect, you'll miss. So it is kind of interesting. It, it takes a while to get used to, but it is fun. And then I guess on the Endar Spire, I don't think you can make any light side or dark side choices. So I guess that happens more on Terrace, but it kind of gives you a feel for how the rest of the game is going to go. So Terrace is kind of where your journey really begins. So that is how Knights of the Old Republic begins. And it's a good, solid installment into the Star Wars canon. Or Legends, or whatever you want to call it now. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, it doesn't begin with a title crawl. It 
begins on the planet Bracca, which kind of reminded me of Raxus Prime as seen in The Force Unleashed, and a little bit of Jakku, except it rains all the time. It's kind of a trash heap of a world, and you see a probe droid in the background kind of overseeing everything. But how we are introduced to our main character is not with like a lightsaber or a flashback to Order 66, but you just see him as a worker being told by his boss that his boss wants him to check something on one of these ships, so Prof and Cal go off to go check it. Seeing this game, it just totally reminded me of Star Wars 1313, the game we tragically never got to see. It was going to be the closest we would ever get to an Uncharted game mixed with Star Wars, like graphics-wise and movement-wise. But I like how Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order kind of introduces how you're going to navigate into the world, like jumping, swinging, and climbing. It just starts with the movement, getting the movement down, and then you move into solving puzzles as you navigate your way to what you needed to fix. But then something happens. What happens? Your job is to check the cable supports holding up a Venator Star Destroyer. And so when you're checking it as part of the cinematic, the cable snaps and the venator slips and your friend starts uh, sliding down the hole of the venator and you go with him and um, you get to the edge your character cal he grabs the edge and is okay but his friend is thrown down to the kind of the depths of the world where there's a kind of like a giant sarlacc or something yeah and i'm assuming it's positioned their ship breakdown yard there specifically for that beast to maybe ingest some of the wreckage that's unused so i i don't know but that that kind of makes sense to me so your friend he falls off of the venator and cal just out of instinct he uses the force to grab him in air and lowering him down onto a skiff which then enlightens your friend in knowing that you're a jedi and at this time this is this shortly after order 66 and jedi are being hunted down by the empire and uh inquisitors yeah at first you're kind of expecting him to be afraid but he ends up just kind of accepting that cal's a jedi yeah prop's a good person and even even early in the earlier cinematic too he was just kind of upset that the jedi had to be exterminated but you can kind of tell that he didn't think that they were all bad and and that kind of confirmed his insight and knowing that there are good jedi out there you know his his good work friend is a jedi yeah I mean, it's just like five years after Revenge of the Sith, so it's very recent. And it's just kind of nice to see Clone War era Easter eggs throughout the level as you're going. You get to see the ships they use, you see Separatist warships, and the big, like, Star Destroyers from the Clone Wars era. It was quite a spectacle. After that cinematic, you learn like how to work your lightsaber against common stormtroopers. And these stormtroopers are actually, they put up a bit of a fight. They're not like, you know, your grandmother's stormtroopers that you would just 
effortlessly, you know, swing down. They're not like the Force Unleashed Stormtroopers, which were just to get slaughtered. Or just like Jedi Knight Stormtroopers. Like, these are, like, almost like clone Stormtroopers. Like, they're that level. They're they're that good. They're, they're kind of intimidating. So you learn how to work your lightsaber against Stormtroopers, and then you move on to Stormtroopers that have, like, like batons that can deflect lightsaber bolts. So you're kind of learning how to attack and how to block against like these different enemies and you're also learning how to deflect blaster fire and after you kind of navigate all of that you have a duel with the second sister i feel like the Braca level gets you into the story into the characters and into the game mechanics of fallen order Because it teaches you how you're going to be moving around in this world. It teaches you how to use the force. And with your lightsaber, it teaches you how to fight, how to block blaster fire, how to deflect batons. And you have your first lightsaber duel all in that little slice of life on Bracca. We won't get too far into the story because naturally we want to allow people to play it. But, you know, she is the, the second sister is the main antagonist and you do um meet her multiple times throughout the story and just throughout you you learn more and more about who the uh this former jedi is that rescue you you learn a little bit about the pilot you inherit a small little droid which i find far more useful than bb-8 yeah i mean from from playing the game he serves a purpose like he gives you he gives you help he helps you narratively he helps you get around and he's a good droid (laughs) enjoyable to play and it's a great solid story and i'm glad that it exists Um, there's been a few uh, Star Wars TV spots that have released this uh, week on uh, mostly sports networks like ESPN of just some new uh, Star Wars footage for the uh, Rise of Skywalker. Some of it is a lot of footage that we've already seen. Uh, some of it is new, uh, one of which we had a previous discussion from an earlier podcast where we talked about the the Sith artifact or the Darth Vader helmet, what it was it exactly, and it's very obvious this time around that it's the darth vader helmet so that's i was right yep cassio was right and that's a correction for me and (laughs) that's uh so that was that was one thing that was a bit um interesting uh there was some there was some other pieces like some poor uh poor space physics but you know we'll uh we'll let nasa take care of that uh what do you you think cassio well space physics i mean Star Wars does kind of play around with it. Like, there's no sound in space, but, like, I'm like, uh, I still don't think bombers work like that in space, but I'll, I'll wait to see the final...
product before I, I say too much on space physics, but I found the new visuals to be impressive. The Ray versus Kylo lightsaber fights, their dynamic is interesting. They have unfinished business with each other. It'll be interesting to see how they interact, what's gonna happen, you know, fighting or whatever, you know. It'll be it'll make for a good uh, lightsaber duel, I think. The TV spot where they use the old uh, Phantom Menace uh, Duel of the Fates theme. I thought that was really neat to pull one of those old tracks out for that. Yeah, I hope that this movie kind of has tracks from all of the Star Wars films because John Williams like has an impressive track record you know literally especially in star wars it's just like liquid gold you know and i like that tv spot had duel of fates and imperial march kind of together they go together very well did you think the emperor saying let the final battle begin and your journey nears its end was that ian mcdermott saying that do you think or did you think it sounded off it sounded a little bit off to me on some of it. I think some of it hit pretty spot on, but some of it seemed a little bit off. It could just be because of age, since those movies are now, like, what, 10 years old? Yeah, Revenge old. of the Sith came out in 2005, so it's about 14 years after. Wow, okay, yeah, almost, yeah, almost 15 years. So... If they did get Ian McDermott, you know, naturally he's gotten a lot older, so his voice would be different. And I, I'd hope it's him and not some other voice actor trying to imitate him. The only person that can be the emperor for me is Ian McDermott. So I hope it's him. It better be him. Otherwise, what are they doing? <laughs> right. Oh, I I also forgot to mention the from episode 1.5, the triumphant version of the Star Wars theme was also in some of these TV spots, and I loved listening to it. Uh, that was done by Robinson. Uh, it was an arrangement of John Williams' original, you know, theme. But there were also some fun visuals, like kind of like with red and green dominant in space so that should be interesting one thing that stoked my interest was poe saying this may be our last jump maybe forever i hope they don't die but if they do uh, the millennium falcon could go down i hope that doesn't happen last twist is the millennium falcon shredding it against the star off a miscalculation of hyperspace yeah, try having that ride at Galaxy's Edge. Like, you all die. That that would go over well. And it was also interesting to see Rey do another mind trick. She's getting better at it. Yeah, did you have any other thoughts? Those were kind of just the thoughts that jumped out to me. Yeah, I think it just had a couple bits and pieces added in to what had already been shown. So it was, it was for the most part, I thought it was pretty neat. Yeah. Disney, like, anytime you say, like, wow, I wonder if we're gonna get another trailer, they release, like, three. It's like, wow. It seems like every day there's a new one. They're really, really gunning to get everyone excited for December 20th, so. I'm trying to avoid most of these because 
you know, it end up being like a a Marvel movie where you've almost seen half the movie over all the different trailers that they release. So yeah, I, I've kind of been like, am I just gonna see the whole movie in thirty second increments? But as long as it gets people excited and it keeps the the discussion going, I think they're they're good. But part of me just wants to see it like right now, just to just to see it and experience it. I think we are done with trailers, but I think we'll definitely get more TV spots for at least a month. But it'll be interesting to see how the puzzle fits together and uh, see if the bow was tied properly or if if it feels like six was a better bow to the to the saga. Uh, let's uh let's go ahead and close this up. So uh this has been Coden. This has been Cassia. And you can find us at ebonhawkpodcast at gmail.com. You can email us your comments and questions. And then you can find me at twitch.tv forward slash Conan Bond. That's where I'll just be streaming various Star Wars games, currently messing around with uh, Jedi Fallen Order. I normally announce that on the uh, the Twitter account, so those of you should already have that. And then you can find us on Instagram at Podcast. Our intro and outro themes were composed by Alistair Shoreman. He can be found at https slash slash alistairsounds.wixsite.com slash alistairsounds. And our transition music was composed by Christian Walker. He can be found at christianwalkermusic.com. This has been episode six of the Ebon Hawk. Take care of yourselves, meatbags, and may the force be with you. We'll be back next week. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.